Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. I am Aaron. I'm with Stefan. We're recording kind of an emergency episode. Yeah, I would, I would say so. But we, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Good emergency. Uh, urgent episode. Yes. We're, we're planning on doing this tomorrow. Just wanted to let a little bit more time elapse before recording just in case something big happened. And it did. Uh, obviously, the Canucks traded a bunch of stuff for Elias Lindholm, which we'll get into too shortly. Um, usually this would be a Patreon episode. But I think what we're going to do is release the video on Patreon as usual and release yeah. this to the masses because it is pretty big. And, uh, you know, we want want people to hear our That's takes, right. folks. Um, but, yeah, if you want to support the show, watch the video, join Discord, which was really fun when this trade was popping off. It was it was going off. Oh, man. It, it was really, really good because everyone was just just. It, there were it was a mile a minute uh you know all the new posts coming in it was it was a great time you, great you know what it reminded me of like when i was god like 15 or 16 uh i guess probably would have been 16 what who cares uh and the longo trade happened and i was on hf boards like refreshing just to see like i need more news i need more news I need more news how is this really happening then i got dragged away to a barbecue with my parents and i was like pissed <laughs> off i wasn't sitting in my room on the computer but uh guess what i'm grown now and I'm able to uh, to spend <laughs> my afternoon, evening uh, scrolling Twitter X. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. Anyone on the was watching the video uh, wasn't planning on recording. So I'm in my my comfy Canucks fleece. What do they call those things? The uh, oogies. Oh, I don't know. I, can, well, I can't Snoo- see you, so I'm not sure. Snoogles. Oh, the, like the snuggies. Yeah. Like remember the blanket that had arms. Yeah. And then those were popular, and they're like, you know what's even better than a blanket? A sweater. And so it's like kind of like a fleece blanket, but it's a sweater. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Supremely comfortable. Uh, shout out to the uh, NHL shop or wherever my girlfriend got me this uh, <laughs> last year. But yeah, the Canucks traded uh, a whole laundry list of players for Elias Lindholm. Um, I guess... We should lay out what the trade is. Like, I, I need to pull it up just in case I forget anything. But yeah. uh, it's kind of hard to say what the main piece is going back. I think the most like obvious big one is Andre Kuzmenko. But... He's like the the name recognition, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, I think from a Canucks fan perspective, the biggest piece is probably Hunter Bristevich. Probably, yeah. Um, but again, like I think, I if you listen to the last episode or any recent episode, we've talked about this so much. And I mean, there's, there's so much to break down here, I guess. Do you want, yeah. do you want to just say what the trade was for maybe? Yeah. 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 Okay. We're, we're, we've got it. Don't know. Um, so yeah, they Elias Lindholm in exchange for Andre Kuzmenko, a 2023 third round. Oh shit. I did. 
I, I know what it is. Why am I reading this? It's Kuzmenko. It's Hunter Brustevich. It's yeah. Yanni Yermo, which, like, what's yeah. even the point? That's just to make Flames fans, when they see the trade, go, like, oh, we got more things. Another prospect. Yeah, yeah another exactly. prospect that the Canucks probably weren't going to qualify after. Because he's pending free agent. He's I playing th- in Finland right now. Yeah, I mean, there's Probably no- not going to come over. I mean, he's big yeah. and can skate, but, like, he hasn't been able to parlay that into a meaningful... Well, I mean, I guess you're playing professionally in Finland. That's nothing to shake a stick at, but... Not on the radar to be an NHL player anytime soon or probably ever. Um, Vancouver's 2024 first round pick and a conditional fourth rounder. The condition on that is it goes to a third round pick if the Canucks make the Western Conference final, which at that point, hell, go for it. That's a win. If they if they if they make the Western Conference final, this season's a win, even if they don't get through, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, this is so crazy. Uh, the, the podcast is called I Hate This Team. We started the show uh, in 2022 when mm-hmm. we really did hit, fucking hate this team. Loathed it. And the turnaround, I mean, I don't think even the most positive Canucks fan would have seen this coming. I think they probably would have said, like, the Canucks will be good pretty soon, mm-hmm. but no one saw this coming. They are, they're tied for first in the league. They're making fucking big dick trades like this. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? It's so, it's so exciting doing an emergency episode like this where we're like it, really happy and like being on this end of the uh of the interaction yes. like we were happy with the bo horvat deal don't get me wrong but it's like oh wow <laughs> atu ratu he was formerly thought of as being like a top five pick and he got in the second round maybe he still has some potential and who knows this unprotected first could slide to next year and who knows what the islanders are going to do this shows good process but now yep. it's like they got a player that almost perfectly fits into the top of their lineup given like what the team needs up there um i i would say like all the the big names that were out there well i guess of rental players right there was Gensel, lindholm henrique i I guess for fords at least uh and then it like kind of dips down in quality and those were the the names we most commonly heard tied to the canucks and I, i would also say that's probably my preference of acquiring them because so it's just it's so i I, and i totally like having the center is just i just realized like how crazy is it to go basically a one calendar year one year ago they're trading the the top center on the trade market they're trading him away yeah and then one year later they're acquiring Acquiring him yeah center on that so like sorry go ahead anyways like i if you were to ask me this morning, like, would you rather the Canucks acquire Jake Gensel this afternoon or Elias Lindholm this, or it, he pronounces it differently than Pedersen does, right? Oh, does he? I, I, is, he I, is he Elias and then Pedersen is Elias? Is it is it that or? Uh, I, I always, one or the other. I fuck it. Uh, Elias yeah. Pedersen, Elias Lindholm, yeah. I think. Elias Lindholm, yeah. Anyways, okay. um, if you were to ask me, like. Would you prefer Gensel or Lindholm? I would have said Gensel because I just think that'd be so dynamite playing with PD. But when you look at the team's needs and what Lindholm brings, it, maybe this is like a little bit of like, you know, backwards rationalizing. He does fit the team better, right? Like if God oh, forbid much. something were to happen to like one of PD or, or Miller, you have a built in top six caliber center ready to move in. Um, yes. And like, He's the only right-handed face-off taker on the team. Like, JT Miller's adapted to being able to take face-offs on the right-hand side, but now you have, like, a guy that's really good at it, and he's near the top of the league in face-off wins. 
yeah. this season. And he's right-handed as and, well. Yeah, and right-handed, right? Um, he's first over the board penalty killer, which the Canucks could always eat and, like use more help penalty killing. And I think like when you're doing projected lineups, one of two things. Either you reunite the lotto line, which dope, we get the lotto line, and then you have Probably a more, I guess, shut down second line of Lindholm, Suter, and Mikheyev, which doesn't sound all that sexy, but if they're taking on the toughs and then you let the lotto line feast, then that's probably going to work out okay. I think the more likely thing is Lindholm will slot in as like the right winger next to PD, probably take a lot of the draws and uh, have like Mikheyev there as well. And that's probably the one that you have against Tufts, and then you're going to have Miller, Besser, and... Uh, Suter, oh. if he stays there against the lesser oh, competition, man. which is still going to be really good, right? The forward group is so deep, and they still make they might make more moves after this too. Is the thing? Right? Yeah. Like, um. Oh. The, the other thing with like the the Lindholm fit is he's pretty deadly on the power play in the bumper spot where yes, Bo Horvat previously was, and he has like that that right handedness, which is also super good to have. So now you can probably move Besser into the net front, which he. Yeah has proven to be good at and i think the power play is going to get more nuclear um because that's the other like big scouting thing on Lindholm as well is that he plays best when he has when he doesn't have to be the main guy on the puck and he has people like distributing to him he's like good at finding open space there's so many players like that on the canucks exactly help him out right that fit with him so yeah even like a a connor garland if like that were to happen right like God, that that is another possibility too, right? You could, I mean, I don't know who you're gonna play with with Pedersen in that case, but but you put Lindholm, Garland, and Joshua together. That's like that's a bona fide second line now. And then I guess that that's a crazy idea. I thought of. I don't know why you would yeah. mess with the Bluger line because it's it's just going so well. But that is like another option too. But yeah, it's like, an option if you want to shake things up. I mean, I don't know. Like the penalty kill is gonna get so much better too. Like it's just. It it just helps the team in so many ways, right? Like, because I think you look at something like this, and and there's just like a cascading effect, right? Because mm-hmm. it pushes good players down the lineup, which is what good teams want, right? Absolutely. Like Kuzmenko was like our. I mean, look, I, I, he he had some fun moments with the team in the last year and a half, obviously. Totally. Uh, and and some not so fun moments, but yep. he's like he's like our worst forward this year, right? Like he was mm-hmm. he's been bad this year, and like very slow. Obviously, his shooting percentage regressed a lot. Uh, he is a healthy scratch. He's not a Rick Tockett player. Doesn't fit in with the system at all. I think there's a chance he goes to Calgary and and pops off a little bit because they're going to give him lots of playing time. Yeah. He'll get, he'll, I wonder who but, he'll play with there. I like Huberdo, I guess. But like, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Kuzmenko will be good-ish for the Flames. Like, he'll be better there than he was here this year. I don't think he's going to go back to like scoring almost forty. And I think there's a chance that they flip him next year at the deadline anyway. But like. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons to like this trade as a Canucks fan. And one of the ones that I've seen some people talk about it, but like just clearing that cap space next Huge. year too, because Lindholm is a rental right now. Right. So they mm-hmm. don't have to resign him. And if they don't, it's like, okay, well, yeah, he was a rental, but now you have five and a half million dollars in extra cap space mm-hmm. next season, which like they fucking need. Right. So it's just, I was, I was talking to, uh, John Cullen and and some other uh, friends in, in our other keeper league pool. Mm-hmm. And I said that it's like crazy to think that uh, 
like Patrick Alvine and Jim Benning technically had the same job title, right? Right. Like, yeah. It's it's like literally this is like a different species of management than what we have with Jim Benning, right? Can mm-hmm. you imagine? I mean, look, Benning made the Miller trade, which has aged well and and looks great and everything, right? Yep. So like maybe you can imagine. And even the Tyler Toffoli trade, like at the time, like you know they got lucky to make the playoffs that year, if you can call them that, right? Mm-hmm. But like. There's just like a feeling with this team and there's a feeling with a trade like this where it's like they know how good they are and they know that the window is, you know, windows can be short in the NHL, right? Mm-hmm. So like just just fucking go for it. And I love, 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 and this is such a Rutherford classic thing is just like making the trade early and like getting ahead of the market. Oh, like yeah. the market basically. And it's going to cause other teams to panic. You know, it's, it means Colorado didn't get him, right? It huge, means, huge. It means Vegas didn't get him. Like it, this team, like, it's fucking crazy having like, even if like he, I know he hasn't been as good this year and how much of that is just being on a bad team in a bad situation, uh, not having a good time. I'm sure that's part of it. Right. Like I don't mm-hmm. expect him to necessarily bounce back to 40 goal Selkie form, but he's better than Kuzmenko and he's absolutely. Just, I'm so excited, well, man. I mean, I mean just, they don't play for like a week, I guess, but well, it, we'll see him at the all-star game. Which we'll see him at the all-star game, which will make that uh draft tomorrow. Pretty funny. Because you have to yes. think like if it gets to the the Hughes Pedersen pick because they're co captains now they gotta take the it. they gotta, you gotta take, take Lindholm it. right that's like well so for the yeah because because the captains are McDavid and Drysaitel right? yeah Matthews, Matthews Nylander, McCarr yeah. McKinnon yes. and it was gonna be the Hughes brothers but Jack, but Jack can't play hurt. so he's gonna be hanging out and Pedersen's yeah. the new co captain yeah I think it's this is I like I don't normally watch the all-star game because i'm not 12 years old mm-hmm. but like i don't know i mean i think this one might be fun I, they're trying something different and i think just the fact that there's gonna be a lot of canucks there is gonna be really fun too yeah um it would be funny if they just picked all canucks i'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> bummed that i can't watch the skills competition because i'll be playing Fortnite with my friends oh, on no. stream is Twitch. that friday TV night slash chapo trapos yeah yeah it's on friday night Fuck, like, i think i won't be able to watch it either because what time is it it's like four like pacific Oh, four Pacific. Okay, I will be able to watch some of it then. I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a, a sponsored Suicide Squad stream with Tom Walker Friday <laughs> night. So I was worried I was going to be missing oh boy. it for that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so I pulled it up. Uh, Lindholm is third in the league in faceoff wins this year behind only Troquet and Crosby. Um, yeah. One spot above uh, Anze Kopitar. I know who's fifth in the league? JT Miller. So the Canucks have uh, two of the top five guys and face-off nice. wins and i mean how important is a face-off win it's not unimportant like, right it's just, just like it's good put, putting a guy like lindholm out there in like the last minute of a game when you're defending like a one goal lead yeah is so nice right like that's just so good to have like Kuzmenko, you know obviously had a great year last year uh the exact opposite type of year this year but like even if he was like playing decent it's just his style does not fit what they're going for no right uh, and Tockett clearly doesn't like him or doesn't see him as a fit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, man, I mean, we were talking. You were talking about like the the rumors like flying, you know, uh, all over Twitter and everything. And like, mm-hmm. there was a brief moment where people thought it was like a one for one deal. Oh <laughs> man, that would have been so funny. Like, There's no fucking chance. But you you think about it for a second. But yeah, I mean, going back to the the return that the Flames got. Yeah, I, I don't know. It it seems it's. I, I get why their fans are happy, I guess. Yeah. I think part of it probably is 
I think a lot of it for the Flames, at least, and their fans is like, oh my God, we're going to do a teardown rebuild. And I've been there before yeah. as a Canucks fan, where you finally see them start to make moves like this, right? And it does feel good, but it does sort of cloud your judgment a little bit because you're like, just the fact that they made that deal, you're happy about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I do think, you know, Rustavich could be something, right? But I also think, you know, this this management group is very good at, at pro scouting, very good at amateur scouting. They're just good at scouting in general. And, you know, obviously he's having a huge year in the OHL, right? Mm-hmm. But like third round pick, you're essentially, you're selling high on a third round pick. Cause like, what if he comes in to the AHL next year and struggles, right? Which is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, then his value goes down, right? Uh, so I think, and also he's like not going to take Quinn Hughes's position on the power play. Right. So no, it's like and they're, they're, they're dealing from a position of strength, which is so weird to say. As yeah. A Canucks fan, I, I, yeah. Ideally you're going to have Quinn Hughes on this team for another 15 years, right. On PP one. Yes. So it shouldn't yeah. be like, he, that wasn't going to be a position that he could step into. I, yeah. I saw a tweet from Dave Hall. Who's the Canucks army prospect guy. Um, does all the, like the blackfish reports and stuff. And he's really high on Brustevich. Um, said he's one of these jack of all trades type players can provide everything. He's not elite, but has a real shot at becoming a power play specialist and a top four defender personally loved his vision. Um, which I mean, like I, I kind of try and support myself to last year when the Canucks made the Bo Horvat trade. And if the prospect that the Canucks were getting back instead of Ratu was a draft plus one right-handed defender who was like leading the OHL in scoring as like the presumptive OHL defenseman of the year. I would have been like really psyched. And that's for sure. And I get, so I get why they're psyched. And I I do think it's kind of a trade where I, I mean, as a Canucks fan, I think the Canucks won the deal because they got the best player out of it, which is kind of an easy take, but I think both fan bases have reasons to be happy. Like we're, we're happy because we got a, a big name player we got a uh, the big fish on the on the trade market, and we're clearly going for it this year. Mm-hmm. And the Flames fans are happy because they got uh you know Kuzmenko who could bounce back and they can get some value, build it up again, trade him next year. They got a first rounder, which is always it's always fun to get another first rounder as as a fan of a shitty team, right? Because yeah. you know, and then uh, Brustevich who could be he could be decent, right? But, but I I don't wh- think he's going to pop off and be like a number one defenseman. No, which I see I, some people saying. I, I think. Is, I think the most likely path for him, well, the comp I've heard thrown around a lot is Tyson Berry, which I mean, valuable enough player, right? Like he's filling up spots in your NHL roster. He's not bad, but it's not like a real big button mover. And it's not like mm-hmm. a player I'd want the Canucks to acquire now. Um, the other one I was thinking of just based, I mean, how often have I watched him play? Like, really none at all. Clips on Twitter. But Shane Godespierre was, like, another comp I was thinking of that might make sense. Oh, in ter- yeah. Yeah, in terms of... Uh, did I say Godus? Yeah, Godespierre. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, comparable value when they get to an NHL level, I think that might be where he, like, evens out. Which, again, valuable, puts up a ton of points, but... Eh. Uh, yeah. I-, I will say that I think... Maybe I could pose this as a question to you. What do you think is the most... What piece leaving are you the most sad to see go? Uh, probably Brustevich, just because like he he was doing pretty well. But like, you know, the first rounder this year, like it's going to be like what twenty fifth to like you know hopefully. It, I believe. 30, 30 second, I believe if the Canucks win the division, is locked in at twenty eighth. 
Yeah. It can't be any like higher up the draft than that. Right. Which I mean, yeah. that's the most likely thing to occur now. Like maybe Edmonton surpasses yeah. them, whatever. But like yeah. if I was a betting man, I'd say that's probably where it's gonna be. So it's gonna be a late first round pick and an not incredibly deep draft. It's not like it's last. It's an interesting draft. draft because it's it's not like last year, obviously you have like just insane talent at like the top end and mm-hmm. like there's like decent players throughout. But like for for me, at least the way I look at like a draft is like kind of like the top five, top 10 players, right? Mm-hmm. Like how how good is it there? And this this year's draft is like, it's so wide open after after even just first overall, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and let let alone like you know twenty eighth overall. Yeah. Right? There's I I haven't even really like I've been looking at prospects in like the top ten, top fifteen kind of thing, and I haven't even really gotten down to guys who would be available later. There's a lot of defensemen available, but like you know, Brusevich was a third round pick, right? So like yeah. they can they can get they have demonstrated that they can get valuable prospects later on in the draft, mm-hmm. and then I like it's just it's the exact opposite of the fucking. Gustav Forsling, Adam Clendenning deal, right? Yes. Whereas, like, obviously, Forsling is, like, a really good defenseman now, and if Brustevich becomes that, it's like, okay, well, that... It would be nice if he was that for us, but they're they're selling him for someone who will help us now, right? Like, the mm-hmm. Clendenning deal, if if you're a non-Canucks fan listening to this and you don't <laughs> know about that deal, the Canucks had drafted Forsling in, I, I think, like, the fifth round, and he was, like, tearing it up. He had a really uh, good World Juniors. Yes, uh, and he was playing really well, I think, over in Sweden. And they flipped him for Adam Clendenning, who was, I, he was playing for Chicago and I think was maybe in the AHL kind of up and down. Like I would, I would say like sort of like a Jordan Spence style level player at that point where it's like, this guy could sort of pop off or he could be sort of a tweener. It was an age gap trade. It was an age gap trade. To because rebuild for, on the fly. For, Forsling was like 19 and Clendenning I think was like 22 or something. And they were like, well, we need to, we, we're missing all these players from when the Canucks were good because they weren't picking players then. So we need a bunch of guys who were like 20, like it was such an insane strategy. Mm-hmm. Obviously it didn't work. Uh, it, it was a bad trade. Uh, people thought it was a bad trade at the time and they were right. But it's so refreshing to see a management group that is like selling high on a player when like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe his value will be higher if he makes NHL and is, and is like, he could be a good NHLer, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then his value will be even higher, right? But it's the chances of his value dropping when he goes pro, that's like, there's a decent chance of that happening, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not... I'm not shedding any tears over really anything that they traded here. Yeah. Well, I I was also like looking at draft, not draft rankings, prospect rankings for the Canucks and like where Hunter Brustevich was, was slotting into them. It Mm -hmm. seemed like third, fourth. I, I'm really happy they didn't give up LaCara Mackey or Hoaglander or Hoaglander. I was was worried about Hoaglander the most. That would have... but I think they really talk it really likes him. They really mm-hmm. value him. And he's totally one of those guys where you, you look at like teams that have won the cup and they have those players in the bottom six that are making like a million dollars or less and just like absolutely tearing it up. Right? Yeah. I, I the, the Hoaglander thing never made sense to me. And it always was framed as the Calgary flames are interested in Hoaglander. And it's like, well, no shit, dumbass. They're really, he's really good. He helps drive play in the bottom six. Like basically every time he's out on the ice, I notice him doing something positive on the four check. Yes. Sometimes he isn't the best back checker or he makes riskier plays in his own end, but huge net positive. And he's cost controlled for next year. If you're giving up Hoaglander, it would have to be for another equally 
young good player coming back in some capacity like you you know the the erickson eck deal or whatever if you give up hoaglander there like okay fine i get it right um something like that so like i I guess there was a little bit of fear about hoaglander moving just because i don't want to see him go and i'd probably self-immolate if that was a part of the deal but it in my heart of hearts i never really feared that that would be a, a part of the trade um I'd also rather them move off of Bruce Devich than Baines or Pod Colson, who are in the AHL and could be call-ups later in the year going into the playoffs as well. So while he's probably the third best prospect, um, he's probably fifth on my, you know, don't want to move list. And then you get yeah. down to your, like, uh, Kudryat Sevs and your ratus or whatever which i would have preferred to have moved on from but whatever who cares like i can see why the the flames wanted this is like the highest level of prospect i'm like okay with giving up for a rental i think right like yeah if you're giving up if you're giving up willander or lakaramaki ideally it's for like a guy who's signed uh a younger guy and here's the thing they could still do that right like they could still clear some cap space we haven't even talked about the zadorov rumors uh, which who knows what's going on there? Because apparently they've Dollywall said that they're not true today. Uh, so well, that's all over the place. Dollywall also accidentally um, called Chris Tanev on the phone. Yeah, I, I heard that, that on the. Uh, I was listening yeah. to to six fifty when like the trade was going through. I was like yeah. showering for a bit and couldn't refresh my phone, and then I just kept listening. Really funny. Uh, apparently, that's like a known Dollywall thing that he does. Is just like gets all in a panic and then accidentally calls you when he's trying to call somebody else on his phone which is pretty funny yeah the yeah. the tanev piece of this as well where like tanev was talking to his agent trying to get him included somehow and there's still interest in tanev but it wasn't going to be well obviously it's not like the trade calls through uh the zoroff thing is interesting there's obviously some smoke there because like elliot doesn't throw those things out there without having some information and yeah. I, I think on the most macro level, it's good because the Canucks are willing to do whatever it takes to improve their team. And we've talked so much about like they have to be Vegas and that would be like an insanely vague. Va- that's an insanely like a Jim Rutherford move to do is bring someone in and then later that year trade him because that's what he did with Tanner Pearson. Right. But yeah, I would say Zadora has been working out better here than than Pearson was in, in Pittsburgh. It's hard to find a bigger uh, Zdorov defender than me. Uh, I, I love him. I love what he brings to the team. Um, I think he's going to be gnarly in the playoffs. But let me lay this out to you. You're defending a lead in the playoffs. It's 2-1. Yeah. Game five, pivotal game. Who are you sending out? Uh, we can't send out Quinn Hughes, whatever. He just took a shift. So you have to send out someone else. Who's going over the boards Are you, as a left-hand defender? Are you sending out uh, Carson Susi or Zadorov? Man, Su- I really it's do Susie. like Susi. Yeah, no, that, it, I think it, it's, it's clearly yeah. Susi, right? Yeah. And then are, who are you sending out, Zadorov or Cole? You probably trust Cole more there as well. So- Zadorov is really fun and he's really cool and everything, but you're right that he's a little—he's a little bit of a wild man. He's a little unpredictable. Right? Yes, which just from a purely watching hockey perspective. I like it a lot, and as someone that's watching like 82-plus Canucks games a year, 
I, I love having him there for me to watch. I love when he does cool things. He can rush the puck, except for when he does try to dangle the whole team against Philadelphia. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just think when you get to those high leverage situations, he's not going to be your first choice, right? I think he's third pair choice there, right? And there's the whole handedness thing, right? Where the Canucks, their top six has four left-handeds and two right-handeds. And we all know that that uh, Tockett likes, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right. So if there was the opportunity to flip Zadorov somewhere else and bring in Chris Tanev or, I don't know, say Carolina, uh, hypothetical, right? You trade Zadorov plus whatever pick prospect to Carolina for Brett Pesci. Yeah. Money works out. Like maybe they think that Zadorov can fit into their system. They're going to be the real sign him. They get a pick and blah, blah, blah. Right. And you have like a Brett Pesci up there. That's like a marginal gain where I think it would make enough sense to move out Zadorov to, uh, you know, bring in a, a better defender. That's going to be better in those, those high leverage situations. But I also think it's highly unlikely. And I also think that they, Probably a lot of moving parts here because Milstein, from all reports, was quite pissed off that that got out there. And also, according to Milstein, they've been working on this Calgary thing since Sunday. So, right. and I mean, Kuzmenko talked to Cronroy. They talked to that bald coach that they have over in Calgary. Um, why am I making fun of him for being bald? I'm going to be bald one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, this is because my girlfriend's a Flames fan and she fucking... Hates his bald ass and always points what is, it out. What does she think of the trade? Uh, I mean, she like does she know who Hunter Brustevich is without me like mansplaining it? No, but I mean, she's happy. She thinks Lindholm will do well in Vancouver, and you know, is excited to see Kuzmenko pop off a little bit, and is like generally happy that they're trying to do a rebuilding move. So, um, she's okay with it. Just I, I think really at the end of the day, I don't think anyone fleeced anybody. There's a bunch yeah. of like real stupid uh flames fans in the replies to the flames tweet being like let conroy cook and this will surprise you they all had blue check marks stefan oh okay yeah, yeah. no that that that's that's shocking um, yeah i mean looking at like the their subreddit and stuff and like i mean I, I again i think what it boils down to like i said before is that they are happy to see their team selling Basically. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because I, the, I believe the flames have had similar issues to the Canucks over the years of just not ever really wanting to tear it down. Oh, like, no. I know. I know they traded again. Right? Jay Feaster. But, we're going for it. Yeah. So, so I, I totally get that. And I think a lot of it is clouded by just being happy that they are selling. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you could also look at, at Lynn Holmes counting stats this season and be like, wow, we got a, a haul for this guy who kind of sucks. I, I just think, contextually if you put Lindholm on a wing with Elias Pedersen setting him up he's going to score a lot I one of the things I did when you were streaming is I went and just was like watching uh Lindholm highlights on YouTube and it is I would say 90% of his goals last year were him getting into empty space like kind of inexplicably like how did he get so open how come nobody saw him and it's being yeah. threaded a pass and he just buries it so that is the type of thing that i th feel like Pedersen and like hughes can do extremely extremely well and so i am sh pretty confident that we will see a a scoring uptick and at the end of the day if the price to like open up five and a half million dollars more cap space next year and have a rental who's a 
third in the league in faceoff wins and can yeah. penalty kill and bolsters your top six. If the cost of that is a first rounder and it's a, a late first and and a third round oh, prospect who uh, like again. I think is a good prospect, yeah. obviously. But but even when I said he was a good prospect, I was saying that's the guy you sell high on, right? Totally. Like he's a hundred percent the guy that they should sell high on because I think, you know, LeCaramack and Willander are, are better prospects, better pedigrees. And if you're trading a guy like that, like I said, you gotta be trading it for a guy who's gonna be here for a while, who's who's on a valuable contract already. And I and I, I'm excited because like I said, I think there's a chance that they could still do another big move, right? Like it's Rutherford. Yeah. You know, never... the, the comparison people keep bringing up is, is the Carolina cup run, right? Uh-huh. Where they, they brought in Doug Waite and, and Mark Recky. Yeah. So right? they need to find their Recky now, huh? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so here's something interesting that I noticed earlier. The Canucks currently have 1.8 million in LTIR space. And that is with Susie not on LTIR. I believe he broke a knuckle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if he were to move to LTIR, they would have space to bring in Chris Tanov without having to move any other pieces. Boy. But it's like the Seuss injury probably isn't going to keep him out for the rest of the season, so who knows what else you would have to do. The Canucks also... Well, they've been kind of... You have Mark Friedman chilling up here. He could kick rocks. Um, and that's like 775. Um, I guess, do they only have, yeah, they only have 12 forwards up right now, 12 forwards and eight defensemen. Um, I mean, you could also prob. nah, they're not going to get rid of Juleson. They gave him his house letter and he signed next year at league minimum. So (laughs) I don't think you get like, you probably wouldn't want to go around with a roster of 20, like a 20 man roster, but that you can trim off a little bit more fat still. God, I just remember Tucker Poolman's still on the team. Remember that guy? Is he? I thought he wait. Yeah. He, he retired, didn't he? No, he's LTIR. He's got another year at two and a half. Oh man. Poor guy. I mean, I I, I hope he's doing better. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's Damn. sad what happened to him. But uh, yeah, I was yeah. just looking at Cat Friend and I got whiplash. Like, why are they spending all their LTIR? And I thought they were out. No. We just forgot about Poolman's existence. Poor he guy. Three, he played three games for them last year, 40 games the year before that. Yeah. And we haven't heard like a single rumble since no, like, I mean, I, I think he's training camp. He's probably essentially Roby Dodd. Yeah, he's, he's on Roby Island. Unfortunately, poor guy. It's, it's concussions, right? Too. Mm-hmm. God, well, he so was, brutal. he was getting like vertigo as well. Wasn't he? Yeah. That was like the yeah. big thing. That's so fucked. Yeah. That's Ugh. brutal. God damn. I'm just like, their their top their four centers being Pedersen, Miller, Lindholm, and Suter is so crazy. Yeah, that's really I know, and they might not necessarily like. There's so many different line combinations, like you said, you know. But just having four NHL centers and Suter, it was just like what a steal in the off season, right? Like, oh my god! The, and the, the, and dog the fact days that he's summer, here for another year. Yeah, man, it's so nice. God damn! I oh six NHL centers, man. Yeah, because you okay, you yeah. have Pedersen, Miller, Lindholm, yeah. Bluger, Suter, yeah. and Nilsamon. Nilsamon, who has shown himself to be a fourth line center. Oh yeah, yeah. like I, I, ideal world, you'd probably want him as like a your your thirteenth forward. That's a great thirteenth forward though. Nothing nothing wrong um, with that. Um, because we have Phil Giuseppe also on LTIR. I think there's rumors that he's coming back sometime after the All Star break. Uh. Don't know where he slots in, but that is more, 
you know, internal competition or whatever, mm. right? Maybe you send them down. But I, who knows? Um, but yeah, there's there should be room now to do more. You could probably add another depth piece, if nothing else, because yeah. that's the other thing with Lindholm is he makes less money than Andre Kuzmenko. They they have say they have gotten cap space for making. Yeah, yeah, they saved. So, it's so crazy to get 000. the better. The, they get the best player in the deal, and they get cap space out of it. Mm-hmm. Let alone next year, you know, just like there's so many things to like about this deal. Like I said, and I'm I'm just yeah. What what oh, is I'm there? Just really excited about it. Yeah, projected cap space for next season now is thirty six million. Yeah. Uh, and does that? I don't know if that's carrying any LTIR or not. But it going with thirty six, right? Use that number of twenty million for Pedersen and Hronik. Maybe that can go up to twenty one or twenty two now. Like I don't think they should pay Hronik over eight million, but it does give you that flexibility now. If that's a big sticking point, right? Uh, yeah. You can you can do that without absolutely handcuffing yourself down the lineup. Also, if you're worried about re-signing a Bluger or you think Joshua is going to be too expensive, it gives you that wiggle room to to do that. Or um, the, the whole re-signing Lindholm thing is kind of scary given the rumor numbers in Calgary, but maybe he comes to Vancouver and loves it and was like, you know what? I don't need nine million dollars, but I feel I, like th- I feel like they're not gonna. I feel like he's a pure rental. You think pure just rental? The, I think just the fact that they haven't even. I mean, they wouldn't talk about numbers right now with you know obviously with with Pedersen remaining to be signed. Yeah. Um. But like, there I can't see them signing well, him. I mean, just, there's there's eight other pending UFAs as well that we haven't heard about resigning like Lafferty, yeah. blah 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 blah. So I, it, it's not that's not really a surprise to me. But there yeah. is optionality there if they think like there's great chemistry and it's a player that you want to keep. It'll be interesting at the very least. Um, I, I won't be thrilled if they do another JT Miller deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if the logic is that like, hey, this is our window, our real. This year, the next three, this season and the next two are like the the real mo fuggas. Uh, because that's when you have Quinn Hughes in his darling deal and you have Thatcher Demko at his darling deal. Um, I think especially that who knows what will happen with Demko when he's up to be re-signed at that time, he'll be 30, which how much money do you want to pay a 30 year old goaltender? Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like the, I guess the next three years of, of Hughes at 7.85 is, uh, those are the years where you really want to like go for it, right? So yeah. if you think that Lindholm can keep up for that, maybe it's worth it, maybe it's not, but you would hate to turn into uh the San Jose Sharks. They're but, they're well, going for it. It's it's so nice to oh see. Oh my god. It's, just, it's so refreshing. It's well, so good to see. Well, he, and I, and it's they they have what, thirty three games left, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's I'm really excited to watch him. Um what's what's their next game? Let's see. It's uh against Detroit. Right. They. Oh no. Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Oh, Carolina. Is it Carolina? Detroit. Carolina. Carolina. Boston. Detroit. Boston, they have Detroit. a big, oh, okay, big road yeah. trip coming up. Yeah. It's Carolina. Boston. Detroit. Washington. Chicago. This is a big road trip because the the Oilers are twelve points back with four games in hand, which is terrifying, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It is. I, it's. It's like they're, scary to think. They're about. gonna I, lose I one day. They're going. They're gonna lose at some point. Uh, they play Vegas. I think. I hope it's uh, to Vegas. 
I really hope it Cause is. Because I don't but... think that the that Anaheim's going to beat him with the record yeah. on the line. Yeah. But. Oh, man. No matter oh, what boy. happens, the Canucks win the season record against them, so. That's true. It's going to be a huge, I think it's like the third or fourth last game the Canucks plays yeah. against Edmonton. I think we even talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, Those last few games are going to be really crazy. Yeah. I, I heard on the radio earlier this week that the Canucks strength of schedule for the remainder of the season is harder than it is up till this point. Uh, which is weird because earlier in the season it was like near the bottom of remaining schedule. It was like pretty cake because of how weak the Pacific was, but probably the emergence of the Oilers and the emergence of the the Jets in that time has uh, increased the difficulty. But yeah, yeah, lots of games against LA, uh, a few games against Vegas. So they're going to be able to test their mettle, which is going to be exciting. Just like thinking back to those games last week when they were playing Columbus and Chicago and St. Louis, where, I mean, every game is important, but clearly they're not getting up for them like they were against the Rangers and the Penguins yeah. and stuff. I'm excited to see a lot more games with stakes, like oh, even in the, the regular season. The game against Boston is going to be a lot of fun. That's going to oh, be really, yeah. really fun. Yeah. yeah, those are two, like, the top two in the league, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. What, what other Ooh. news is there? There's uh, Alvin got well, the, re-signed. Three more years. Alvin got re-signed. The thing we haven't talked about yet at all is Chris Tanev, who briefly was rumored to be included in the deal, right? Yeah. I, is that... And, and then I think Dollywall or was it... Dredger, Dar- I think. Darren, Darren Drager, I think, said uh, we're going to... It's going to be like a separate deal, maybe, if it happens. Um, yeah. So unclear what's I, happening there. And also some of the wording of some of the posts, it was like, Tanev is trying to be included. Like, was he asking to be included yeah. in the deal or something? <laughs> Please. Like, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I pretty much... I guarantee... Even if they don't trade for him this season, he'll sign with them in the offseason. That just yeah. feels like there's so obvious that it's going to happen. So I was listening to Elliot did a hit this morning and he was talking about Tanev and specifically uh, Hockey Night in Canada. He mentioned that the senators are interested in him, which is hilarious, right? Because senators, not a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows what your mileage is on them next year? But apparently the idea is that. They would acquire him this year because they want good guys in the room and then right. try and re-sign him and get a head start on signing him for like the next. But like if you're Tanev, why not walk to free agency? There's like at least 10 teams that are rumored in his services now. You could choose to not live in Ottawa, one, and two, you could get really paid, like depending yeah. on what your 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 uh, preferences are like, if you want to like get the bag, I'm sure he could do that. Uh, or he could force Ottawa to do that. If he goes to free agency or if like, he really wants to return to Vancouver and that's important to him. Like he would have that option too. Uh, and the other thing Elliot mentioned that I thought was weird is how Tanev would feel about being sent to a non-playoff team and like missing another opportunity in his career to go on a playoff run, which I don't think Tanev has any sort of trade protection. Does he? I doubt it, uh, given the circumstances around him signing in Calgary. Uh, I don't think so. Well, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Not, let's see. He, uh, he submits a ten-team no-trade list, so would make sense if Ottawa was on it. I would imagine Ottawa's on it. Yeah, but as we saw with you know with Kuzmenko, uh, no-trade clauses can be waived. 
Yeah. It, obviously, it made more sense for Kuzmenko. Yeah, but they probably you're... told him. They definitely told him, like, hey, if you don't waive this no trade clause, we're just never playing you again. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not going to play you. Uh, you were already barely playing. When DiGiuseppe comes back, you're never playing again. And good luck getting signed to uh, another contract after after this one, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm sure they were able to, to stiff harm him a little bit because, yeah, he'd be playing in the KHL by like 2026 if they never, if he didn't waive. So it, it makes enough sense, right? Um, um I, I just want to send you something from the Canucks subreddit. I don't know if this got posted in our Discord yet or not, but it, it, the, the title is Fuck Me. <laughs> and it, it's a guy who has a signed Kuzmeko jersey and a Yermo jersey for some reason. <laughs> that is it's an like a pra- awesome jersey. He must be Finnish, right? He is, I think, yeah. I, I, and I'm guessing it's like a practice jersey that, or something you got like an auction maybe, but it's yeah. just so funny to see that. God damn. That rocks. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been more trade chatter around Hannafin. I feel like I've, I've heard it a little bit, but Calgary is just like open for business. Like they, totally. they, could, they could, you know, really, really burn it to the ground. And for Flames fans' sake, I kind of, I mean, that's the thing is like right now, the the Flames fan Canucks fan relationship is like pretty good, right? I think everyone knows that the mm-hmm. Oilers are the true enemy. Yeah, and and I've never hated the Flames more than I've hated the Oilers. Like no. I, I don't like the Flames, obviously, but I think and obviously they've won one Stanley Cup, but both teams sort of have that like little brother, like loser energy mm-hmm. to an extent, right? Um, and I and I think both teams hate the Oilers more than anything else in the world. Oh yeah, so. no, the Oilers are the great Satan. I think we, yeah, both franchises uh, recognize that, which yeah. it, which is weird because there's been way more recent playoff matchups between Vancouver and Calgary than Vancouver Edmonton. Like mm-hmm. I, there Vancouver hasn't played Edmonton in the playoffs since I've been making memories. Maybe there was one in like '92 or some shit. Where yeah, I mean I'm no historian, but. There's been uh, some memorable ones against the Flames. Let me tell you. Uh, none of them have ended well for the Canucks. Again, since I've been making memories, 94 was obviously good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, back to the Tanev thing. I did see yeah. some tweet, and there's just a storm, so sorry for not giving proper credit where it's due, that the sticking point in getting Tanev included was Vancouver giving up another first-round pick which uh understandable that they wouldn't want to yeah. gamble 2025 as well. Um, but I mean, if that's the going cost for Tanev, I I'm kind of surprised there's that. And it's not like second plus, but I mean, he's the most sought after uh rental defenseman. So maybe man, Alvin and Rutherford just have huge balls and they're, if they want like in our Discord, I haven't watched the video yet, but someone posted a video of Craig Conroy talking about the trade. Yeah, and he's and he's saying like, "I'm surprised how fast it came together." And what that sounds like to me is when Jim Benning would would say shit like that, and it was clear that he got yeah. taken advantage <laughs> of, right? Um, and, and like Alvin just has this like kind of like, I don't know, he's just like this quiet like. He just seems like a killer. You did know? you listen to his press conference when they announced his extension today? No, I didn't. Uh, I haven't uh, had a chance. You, you got to get a job that's outside of your house so you can commute. And because uh, that's when I listened to it as I was driving yeah, home from yeah. school. But uh, there he had a question about like being aggressive and making all these moves. And he laughed and says, it helps when you have a very aggressive boss who asks you about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, like but I guess he knew something that we didn't. There's also that Rutherford. He was on the um, 
That's so Overdrive funny. Overdrive with, with uh, Jeff O'Neill. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're uh, asking noodles. him about like, do you have any do you have any plans or whatever? Or well, yeah, Jamie McLennan, I guess. Yeah, right? Jamie McLennan. But, like they basically asked him, like, yeah, do you have any any deals cooking or whatever? And did he just like, straight up say, like, I oh, want to make a deal sooner well, they, rather than later? No, they they said uh something about like after the all-star break and maybe you can expect to see you. And he's like, who knows maybe before the all-star break. And they laughed like it was a joke. And then Rutherford almost gave like a, a knowing laugh, uh, that he had just outed himself on the, uh, the radio, that's so good. but no, yeah. there was a, Fuck, man, that's so good. There was a few more things in that Alvin presser that I found interesting. Uh, well, one is he signed for three more years as reported. So that perfectly lines up with, the remainder of the Hughes contract, which is also, I think, telling about where they see where this team is and what the, the job at hand is. But what he mentioned that they're just talking about re-signing players and stuff, and he mentioned that players taking smaller pieces of the pie when it comes to contracts so we can fit more good players in. And I don't know... I, I chose not to read that as a, a Pedersen thing because I think they've been very clear that they're just going to back up a, a truckload of money to Pedersen and yeah, that's that. Uh, but your Zadorovs, your your uh, Hronics, etc., maybe that's more directed towards them. Because yeah, if like Hronik does seven point five instead of eight point five, and you know, yeah, I feel like Hronik is kind does. of the forgotten guy, right? Like people don't really talk about it, resigging him as much. Yeah, you know? it's because he slowed down in January. He's no longer yeah. uh, putting which up an insane, which maybe good works for <laughs> me. Of, maybe know, yeah. works for me <laughs> uh, when it comes to resigning. Because, like, I mean, he is important, right? Um, you just look at how he's he's what he's brought out of Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Oh, yeah, I wanted to bring this up from my notes before. Uh, the big trade happened, and we've been talking a lot about the Flames today. Uh, real big pieces of shit for Silla saying Dylan Dubé was taking a uh, a mental health break yeah, or whatever. I think, like, no matter how you look at that, like, okay, well, you were, like, tricked somehow? How were you tricked, right? Yeah. Or you knew and just, like, yeah, it's just... Someone under I, that I, tweet posted, uh, like, I think it was a link to a video or a screenshot of a video that had this as, like, the the news header that's like from 16 months ago of Dylan Dubé saying that he was going to cooperate in any sort of yes. investigation. So Dubé knew about it and was wearing flames merchandise talking about it like a year and a half ago. So I don't know how the, fl so either it's truly bad faith and they're like, ah, mental health. Maybe we can <laughs> not have any questions asked about this only for it to blow up in their face like a week later, which is really bad. Or are they truly that stupid and didn't know? Both are just terrible uh, things. So yeah. I wanted to I, highlight it's, it's my a, disgust at that. It's a bad look, no matter no matter which you know thing actually happened, right? Yeah. No matter, yeah. The, I I I want to go back to the Lindholm thing for a second because mm -hmm. I, I think you know you see people talk about like, well, what if they, um you know, what if, what if they lose in the first round? Right. And that could happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, or what if they lose in the second round? It's like, I still think this was the right move to make. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's something that I think a lot of fans have trouble with is the, the NHL playoffs are so fucking random. Yeah. Right? Literally. And I, I, when I say anything can happen, I, I don't mean that in like the positive way that like Aquilini probably likes to say it. But, like, anything can happen, and it's why it's fucking terrifying and, like, really hard to plan for. So you might as well 
if you have a window, just go all in. And if they lose in the first round, I'm not going to say they shouldn't have made that trade. I'm not going to say the season was a failure, you know? As, no, as, as, as much as you would like to, as much as other fans of other teams obviously will, like, this is, this is a, I think no matter what happens, this is a great season, but obviously we do have some expectations now. And I never thought I would have expectations for this team ever again. Yeah, it's just I'm a, wild. I'm a little terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, all right, man, we live in a, a universe of infinite possibilities, you know? That's right. Every, could, I mean, look, fucking, here's the trade that I would, I would compare this to maybe. And I, I'm not saying they're the same level of players at this point in time, obviously. But, like, the St. Louis trade for Ryan O'Reilly, which I believe happened in the offseason, so a yeah. little bit different. But, you know, hopefully... The Canucks version, it's it's of that O'Reilly trade and not the Toronto O'Reilly trade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it it just does seem like a, a, I, I, I just like trust this management group so fucking much, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've they've made a lot of smart moves recently. They've turned this team around really quick. Hey, I like this team. I think this is a team we can turn around in a hurry. That's what fucking if if Rutherford and Alvin had come in and said that in their introductory press conferences. I, I really wish they had it. Well, they point. kind of like, did because remember, they, they, uh, yeah, Durant's, I wish they had said the exact quote. But, yeah. yeah, but like, like Durant's asked them that question about like what time frame? Like they said two years, two right? years, which yeah, they're ahead of or exactly right. on schedule, they're pretty much right on schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's wild, man. I, I get Roxy Fever. I was going to retweet it and then they deleted it, but they said it's one of the uh, benefits of having the head of the stonecutters as your president of hockey operations is like these kind of things can happen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like I felt that that's, that's real. Yeah. That's, uh, that's on the nose. Yeah, man. I, Jim Rutherford, I, I having, I really having like an old boy, like a, a hockey old boy in charge. It does make a difference. I think seemingly. You know? Yeah. And uh, also like, I'm, I don't want to hear any other GM talk about how fucking hard it is to make trades when Alvin has made like eight of them this year. Right. Yeah. And like, we have like, man, going back to the the OEL buyout, which I think we did another emergency pod for back yes. in the day. Um, and and I remember seeing people back then, um, on Twitter wherever saying like, this is such a bad. Why are they doing this? This is such a bad idea. And obviously, we didn't think the Canucks would be this good this soon. Mm-mm. Our big reasoning for it was like, just get him off the team and get the vibes fixed. Right? Yeah, and he's been pretty good in Florida, right? But like. Yeah. Better it, than he it, ever was in Vancouver. For Shit. sure. For sure. But that wasn't going to happen here. And it really so much. A lot of it is just like it is fucking vibes, right? It's mm-hmm. getting rid of the stink of Jim Benning, which they have done. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's and it's because the players know the players. The players know if their boss is stupid. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so so when they're when they're talking to Alvin or Rutherford, they're like, oh, this guy knows what, what he's doing. Right. Imagine you're you're uh, the Sedins and you're talking to Jim Benning and you're like, well, I gotta retire now. Yeah, you I need just to throw get up out your of hands here. and fucking. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really do think, like top to bottom, it, players I'm sure know what's going on, right? And they they know, you know, management. They can tell the difference between having stable management and having Jim Benning level mm-hmm. management, right? And just the communication this management group has, like it's just it's so refreshing to have a team that is smart. It's so. I can't believe it took them this long. And it really, to me, underscores how crazy it is that Jim Benning lasted as long as he did, right? Because basically, as soon as they got rid of him, seven everything years, turned around and got man. Yeah. How do you, seven goddamn years, like a fucking really abusive nuts. relationship. Really, really crazy. Yeah, really <laughs> nuts. 
<laughs> do you do you feel like a sellout that like so I was thinking about this as as I was preparing for the show is like we're gonna go on here and we're gonna full eight management for getting this done and we're gonna be excited about the fit for Elias Lindholm. And then I'm thinking like what separates me from like the lowest common denominator hockey fan that likes everything that his team does? Uh like should I be more of a curmudgeon? But it's hard to when the moves seem seem good as hell. Everything they do seems to work, and obviously you're waiting for uh, the Midas touch to run out or whatever. But Not me, baby. Just just to enjoy. I think I think also <laughs> as you get older too, you're just like just enjoy the ride, right? Like, yeah. Like 2011 really did like destroy me and destroy <laughs> my psyche, and it made me think that they would never ever win ever, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're good again and it's like yeah you can allow yourself to have a little bit of hope i think right like if the and if the hope gets crushed that i mean that's just part of being a sports fan like i think you you have to have some hope i know that's so crazy considering this our the name of our fucking podcast but so like, i hate yeah. this team you know, you you want to know an invasive thought that i've had over the last Let's week i was thinking that. like you know one day i decide to have kids i'm a father and I look back, kids watching hockey, and they can ask, Dad, what was it like watching the Canucks win a cup in 2024? Oh I'm like, oh, oh let me tell you. Can you imagine? Can you ima- oh Could you imagine, like, growing oh. up as a kid and your favorite team is one that has a fucking Stanley Cup? That's, that's like, that, that is my, well, that that, that's so nice. next to watching a Stanley Cup get won. We want like, our children to have a better life than we had. Well, that's you know? right. Like, that's what being a father. That's that's what being a parent. Sorry, is about. You want to have a better yeah. life for your children. And what would be a better life for my future children than having the Cucks win a Stanley Cup before they were born? And and then I was getting to like, well, that must be weird because then do you get selfish? Being like, I I hope my kid can watch the win as well, like I did one day. I got I got yelled at the other day as well for saying if the Canucks win a cup it'd be the happiest day of my life. And my girlfriend was like, "Hey, what? What? what it's what, true. Yeah. Sorry. I'm like, sorry. It's true. I haven't proposed yet. We haven't got married. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't. I don't <laughs> like you could reminisce on like the first date being important, but like at the time, I'm sorry, babe, but seeing fucking, you know, Quinn Hughes hoist the Stanley Cup above his head and. And pass yeah. it to Chris Tanev, who's acquired in a real you Ray haven't, you Borg haven't been situation. Date, you haven't been dating her since you were eight years old, right? Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> can, can, like, yeah, Canucks winning the cup will be the best day of my life, no question. <laughs> God, we've gone insane, uh, dude. Um, we have. That, that's yeah. bad mojo, but like, I don't know. Jinxing isn't real. They don't. They don't no, care what not. we're saying. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wood just in case. Like no, I, I, they're they're also. I think they're not gonna drop off a bunch next year either, right? Like that's the thing. Like I think they're gonna be good for. Yeah. The window's not as short as people think, but Wait, I, I'm I'm glad they're taking advantage. Of you it. you hope that that talk it just becomes like a John Cooper where he's with the team for ten years and the meshes exactly. never runs thin. But I guess exactly. that is a fear as well as like, is there ever a point where? Because you think the happens all the time with Jack Adams winners, right? Is that they drop off and a couple of years later they're fired. Well, because most of the time, Jack Adams uh, trophy winners, and I mean, it's kind of what's going to happen this year, probably. But it's like, oh, everyone thought this team was going to suck this year, and they're actually decent. Yeah, right? no, that's what the that's what the the award is for the most yeah, part. Essentially, yeah. Award, reward, so, award. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, I think he'll get it this year. But, but yeah, the, I, I I hope he's like a. It's like a John Cooper style thing, and there's I, a, there's I, a I lot take, to be excited about. I take contention with the 
what's the hell's the the Winnipeg coach? He used to be an assistant coach here. Oh, bonus, bonus, yeah. Rick Bonus. Yeah, there, he's been getting talk as well, and same with um, Laviolette in New York, right? Yeah, I think that's the other yeah. odds and I on think, favorite. Uh, Montgomery again in Boston because I think people assumed they would fall a little bit and they haven't. Which so. to me is horseshit because if you look at how the the award is given out, usually it's team that we thought would suck that's good. And yeah. it's like, well, look at Boston's season last year. Them being at the top of the league, like, yeah, they lost Bergeron and, and Krejci. That, that's big. But they still have, like, probably the best goaltending duo in the league. They still have a really good defense. They still have fucking David Pasternak. Like, it, that was still expected to be a playoff team. Winnipeg, like, yeah, maybe they fell off. Like, I wonder if losing Dubois will hurt them. No, but they were still a playoff team last year. So they go from, like, playoff team to, like, better playoff team. Not too crazy. The Rangers were fucking good last year, too. But you, you yeah. talk about like a, a team that was in the draft lottery being first in the league. That that's coaching, baby. Give talk that's at right. the give talk. He's, at he's the, got it. He's the, got a wrapped up. The I damn think Jack Adams. God damn it. I, I think he'll get it like 100 percent. Yeah. Oh, boy. What, mm. a, what a fun emergency episode. Yeah, no, I hear I was thinking that we were going to have to talk about uh I don't even the really draft. have any the All Star Draft, uh, Outlaws Generation on YouTube. Yeah, I, I maybe we'll thinking, do that on the weekend. I was though. thinking maybe telling you about Phase Vlogs. Okay. Um, who's uh, he's that guy that, that had that pizza, the pizza with ranch that I sent you. Oh right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he uh, he's pretty funny. He does. He's always doing room tours. He'll do like five or six room tours in a year about his setup. And it's like really depressing basement setups and stuff. Um, we first found him because he like started a gamer house where like there was a bed in the kitchen. And he lived with his homie who went by the name TSM Cream Corn, uh, who later got arrested for trying to stab him. Um, <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. Yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'm excited. I'll have to get my notes together, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make sure you stay tuned for that, folks. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, again, the Patreon, patreon.com slash I hate this team. Uh, yeah, go Canucks, go. Go Canucks, I'm, go. I'm psyched to see Lindholm in the lineup, baby. I'm, I'm stoked. Ooh. Let's do it. Ooh. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone. Keep shining.